This is the Cheryl Stroud Skin 365 Expert Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Stroud. Today, we are going to discuss with my guest, plastic surgeon, Dr. Paula Moynihan, how skin care and plastic surgery can be used to build self-esteem in guests and patients. As the father of plastic surgery, Gaspari Tagliacozzi had some inspiring words about our topic today. He's been quoted as saying, we restore, rebuild, and make whole those parts which nature hath given, but which fortune has taken away. Not so much that it may delight the eye, but that it might buoy up the spirit and help the mind of the afflicted. Within this conversation, as an esthetician, you will learn that you have a calling to help those that don't feel comfortable in their own skin and how you build confidence within your guests every day. But first, let's get to know a little about Dr. Moynihan before I bring her on. Dr. Paula Moynihan is a double board certified plastic surgeon, a diplomat of the American Board of Public Surgery and the American Board of Surgery. She's the founder and director of the Institute of Aesthetic Medicine and Surgery in Middlebury and in Manhattan. She has also developed anti-aging treatments, including facials, glycolic acid rejuvenation peels, promoted Retin-A, chemical peels, injectable collagen, Botox, and Mega Peel. Her insights and opinions on plastic and reconstructive surgery are sought by the media and featured on MSNBC, The Wall Street Journal Television, The Wall Street Journal, Crane's New York Business, The New York Post, Newsday, The Philadelphia Inquirer, Vogue, and Glamour. She has guests lectured at medical colleges, museums, United Nations conferences, congregations, and related organizations throughout the U.S. She has also published Dr. Paula Moynihan's Guide to Cosmetic Surgery for Women. Dr. Moynihan, my first question for you is that we have a lot of students listening to us today from Paul Mitchell School in North Haven, and a lot of them want to become nurses or nurse practitioners in order to enhance their aesthetics career after attending Paul Mitchell. What advice can you give them on what to look for in a good program? Has a goal and an ideal, whether it's to get involved in skincare and all that that is uh, now in the domain, not only of the physician, but of the nurses and the extended physician. So there's the injectables, the Botox, fillers, laser surgery, uh, chemical peels of an advanced nature. So there really is every possibility in that field of aesthetics. Um, are there any school programs that specialize in nursing, you know, for nursing or the nurse practitioner in plastic surgery or a Medispa aesthetics program? Not that I'm aware of. So how do nurses get that kind of experience? Uh, that, well, there's not a school such as the Paul Mitchell School is in, in um, a, right now not teaching the Botox and the fillers mm -hmm. and the lasers, but uh, they get education through usually physicians' offices. They are allowed in the state of Connecticut, particularly the nurses and the nurse practitioners, to 
perform a lot of the, the treatments that I just discussed. So the representatives of different companies, for example, Restylane is a filler, Botulinum has four different types, and they could have a, a rep come in and teach them or go into a doctor's office through the rep who's able to contact someone to train them. Your bio also mentioned your emphasis on education as being a valuable gift in life. Can you elaborate on those thoughts? I think it adds a, a dimension that fulfills a life. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to have curiosity, your curiosity satisfied. Uh, it makes better communication with your fellow human beings. It's an opportunity to develop the self as well as to educate and teach other people and enhance the quality of life, improves the way that we live and work. It's uh, self-satisfaction, but it also is is helping other people to achieve their goals and fulfill their destinies. And when I looked at your website, you have um, some very impressive credentials. And I have to say, I was really impressed on the fact that you persevered as a, a minority in your field as a woman. So is there any advice you can give women who are encountering that being a minority amongst males in the workplace and how she should conduct herself? Well, I think it's, it's self-confidence, it's uh, working hard, it's proving yourself, it is uh, not getting involved in the politics, it's staying above the fray, it's sometimes being isolated and then overcoming the barricade that was set before you and finding another way around it. And being, uh, at many times during my seven years of postgraduate training, I was the only woman in surgery and plastic surgery. They say there was harassment, but there were, for everyone that was uh, a harasser, there were probably 10 people that were supporters or even more. So you can always have someone to back you up and to give you advice and to assist you in getting around a roadblock. So you never yes. give up is the bottom <laughs> line. You work hard, you have your, your self-confidence and you believe in the self. And sometimes you make your mini compromises and if they're going beyond a, a mini, uh, then you don't compromise. So were you surprised with that statistics? That's the current statistics that I looked up that the data says that still the double board certified person is just one female to every 12 males. And that's in every you know, industry when you start to get to those higher echelons of achievement, it seems to probably be the standard. Is that surprising to you in this day and age? Yes, it is because uh, recently a statistic came out that over 50% of American physicians were women. So the fact that there's one in 12 uh, is, is an interesting observation. It's kind of scary when you're the only person, you know, or female with uh, peers that way. And I have a video to show the girls, uh, the students afterward on saying, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry a lot. Women tend to say that. Uh, what's your feeling on that? And women say, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting observation. Uh, it's a practice that I promised myself along the way I wouldn't apologize. There's ways that you can treat an adverse event or someone uh, that you bump 
into on a subway. But the I story should be more or less mollified. And why do and women tend to say, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. Just don't do it again. Well, and also, um, this video sh uh, states how, you know, when you are, the women will start off with, Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have an idea. Or I'm sorry that I'm not sure if these statistics are correct. So when you made that decision for yourself, what was the impetus for that? Well, I think it's just self protection because you do the very best you can, and no one is perfect or 100%. So uh, I think that you handle the situation by not apologizing for something very silly. Oh, I'm, I'm interrupting or I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. I think there's a way to do that. Um, I liked your statement in your bio too about your drive to make people feel better about themselves through their appearance. So what are some measurable differences that you've experienced on that improvement of patients' outer appearance and their self-esteem? Well, it's dramatic. It is life transforming. And I'll take for an example, a beautiful uh, young girl or uh, a fellow in his early 20s comes in and has a very prominent nose. And they'll never show their profile because there's the big bump on the profile, the hump, the nasal hump. Uh, and they're, they're intimidated. And they're ridiculed by their peers. They're, they have friends and they just make fun of them in a collegial way, but it's, it's hurtful and intimidating. And by fixing that defect, whether it's a big defect or a little defect, it transforms someone. It's a Cinderella story. The confidence is built, the self-esteem is enhanced, and their lives are transformed. And it's fascinating because the father of plastic surgery, was in the 16th century, an Italian at the University of Bologna. And he stated with reconstructive surgery that by transforming a defect in the body, you can change the mind. But you can't change the, the mind through the body. So in other words, by changing a defect in the body, they become... Uh, empowered they have more self-esteem they're not intimidated so that's unique to the practice of medicine it is the only specialty in medicine that by changing a defect in the body you can change the mind so someone has a ruptured appendix well they take out their appendix but it doesn't change the way their mind is 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 thinking of their body or someone breaks an arm and the arm is fixed and they feel better and safer but it doesn't change their body image and their self-esteem. So it's the specialty that is uh, transforming by doing the change in the body, affecting the mind for the esteem, for confidence, and for the quality of life that is definitely improved. Well, since we're talking about skincare today, topical products, how do you see those as a value and contribution to self-esteem issues? Well, it gets back to whether uh, the aging process is producing fine lines and wrinkles or someone has acne uh, where the pores are large or there's blackheads. There's a whole, whole rainbow of different defects, brown spots, age spots, 
all of which can be addressed by a very few products contributing to a regimen from cleaning your skin to protecting your skin with a sunscreen and a sunblock. Now, I, I read also that um, you mentioned that these preparatory topicals can also help your job come better. And how does that work for you? Well, I had an epiphany very early on in my practice where, and I, I was actually criticized by my colleagues at the time, and this goes back to the late 1970s and early 1980s, where I said, this, you have to really pay attention to skin care because if you do the nose job and you, you fix the defect and have to cover the operated nose for at least a week, when you take that bandage off, and I had that experience, the, the young person, 18, 19-year-old individual, had oily skin and there were pimples and pustules and the nose remained swollen. So I said, this has to be a process where education is important. So that's where I became immersed in the dermatological aspects of plastic surgery. So not uh, becoming a dermatologist, but focusing on the skin. Because the, we as plastic surgeons say that plastic surgery is the broadest specialty. We take care of the skin and the contents within the skin. So by educating patients and outlining proper skin care, preparing the skin, be it for the facelift or the laser or the injectable, the results are always better, always. So I was going to joke, and there's no aspirations to be a triple board certified in dermatology <laughs> too? <laughs> Not at this stage. <laughs> it's never too late, right? Is that why you felt to the need to start a skincare line of your own? Like what, yes. what caused that? What created that? Well, I did because uh, skincare for the dermatologist and the plastic surgeon was in its infancy. As I told you, I was uh, more or less ridiculed or, or criticized. We're plastic surgeons. We don't have to do what you're saying you want to do and you will do. So uh, to me, it made an enormous difference because I was able to, as I said, learn some of what I didn't know through dermatology and apply it to my patients and affect a better outcome and educate them so that once they were discharged from my practice, they still maintained the quality of skin by following the products that they were directed to use. So how did you come about like knowing how to create your formulations? Well, I reached out and had contacts and uh, consulted with bench chemists, dermatologic chemists, and uh, started a line, very basic lines of Ken cleansers and toners and moisturizers, and it grew. I had a following, and uh, the word went out, and it built up the skincare line. And I've maintained staying current with the additions that have transpired over the many years where this, the, the products are now much more effective, uh, much safer, and it produces better results. But it's to be current with what is out there with the vitamins and the peptides and um, understanding 
the quality of the skin and how it can be enhanced and protected. Um, how did, um, who and how did you pick a partner to create your line with? Well, I reached out to different people in different parts of the country and there was a, a, a manufacturer in Texas that I had been referred to. And uh, he, with his factory, provided me with the products initially. And then as the product line grew, and as other manufacturers locally in the New York, Connecticut area uh, became uh, open to having a surgeon have their line of products, then I consulted with them and continued to enhance and improve the product line. I want to thank Dr. Moynihan for such inspiring insights. We are ending this podcast in the middle of a conversation we were having with Dr. Moynihan. We will be continuing this conversation on my YouTube channel with Dr. Moynihan, where we explore her product line of skincare products. She believes a good skincare regimen can help her improve the results of some facial plastic surgery procedures. Researchers have studied the psychosocial impact of poor skin conditions and confirm that having it reduces one's self-esteem. The study also found that people with more severe issues showed a lower level of self-confidence. Furthermore, experts stated that embarrassment from having prominent skin conditions also led to avoidance of social contact. The subjects of the study admitted to skipping social gatherings altogether when flare-ups occurred as they felt that people would stare at their condition. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Moynihan's skincare line, look for part two on my YouTube channel, Cheryl Stroud's Skin365.Expert, for a video review of her full product line. I'm Cheryl Stroud, and you've been listening to Skin365.Expert, the podcast. You can follow Skin365.Expert and Cheryl Rushy Stroud on Instagram or visit us on skin365.expert on the web. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Skin 365 Expert conversation. Thank you for listening.